Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, behave! Hello, everybody. Welcome. It is not an eight-hour flight, but you are welcome at any time to do high knees in the aisle. The captain has turned the seatbelt light off, and we uh, encourage you to keep your body in tip-top Sit down, Russ. Sit down. Two hours of film, one hour of high knees, two hours of treatment, one hour of el- or shoulder rotations, a nap. And another hour of film. Did Give you him watch s- the video of Russ talking about it? Yeah, yeah. Can I say something about the video of Russ talking about it? I thought he came off as uh, pretty likable in that video, even though he's describing a very annoying thing. I would imagine he was asked what he did in the flight, right? He didn't impromptu bring it up, I would hope. <laughs> Guys, before we get started. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess he would... It could just be as simple as like, what'd you do on what'd you do on the flight? Could be. Yeah, it'd be a good question. To, I mean, astute question by somebody. I wouldn't yeah. particularly care what he did, but well, well, part of it, right? He's been hurt. Like, how do you are you worried about your hamstring on the long flight? What if that's just a kind of basic question? Could be. Again, I would give that credit for a very specific question to whoever did that. Yeah. You know, I'll give him credit. I, I thought the answer was pretty douchey. Not, not you're right. The the execution, like his actual talking, he yeah. was kind of smiling in a good mood. Yeah. To me, it's more about like there's like an unspoken thing, I think, with the quarterbacks and the coaches. You know, coaches don't constantly speak about what time they're getting up because no yeah. one really wants to hear how it. many hours of film they watch. Yeah, I, I think most of them are almost like uh, there's an insecurity about being careful about not speaking about it. I think quarterbacks kind of like that, too. Like we don't truly know what a quarterback's week works Looks like, but we kind of right. know like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, some of these guys do come crazy shit, but we never really hear them. Like, uh, remember when the dude that retired from the Saints, who then became their play by play guy, the offensive lineman, I think Striff or whatever, and he was like crying and he's like, when we would send Drew Brees Thai food on Thursday nights because we were all headed home and he was banging out the film, you know? But I think even then, it- if you even know the time of it, you don't really know what is it. There's different ways to watch film. You could just sit and watch. That's not usually what watching film is considered. Like watching film is considered like quote unquote grinding the tape, right? Watching the same play over and over and over and over and, and over taking and over. notes how you're going to use. Yeah. And then maybe taking shadow snaps like Breeze. Like that's watching the tape, you know? Ru- Russell takes shadow snaps too. Mm-hmm. Russ does take, yeah, Russell does take shadow snaps. That's true. I think, you know, what, do you think, what are the insecurities? Is one of the insecurities like you don't want to say that you want, you don't want to put a number on all the film you watch and then get beat. And it's like, dude, you must be an idiot. You just watched 30 hours of film and you got beat by 20. That's not good. I think it's just one of those things that comes along with it. Like part of being a head coach or Price being a quarterback. 
yeah. you get paid more money to work longer. It's, it's you know, it's like in your profession with uh, when you're calling a game. You know, I think sometimes there's there's one bald guy who annoys the shit out of me. Uh, he won't. Now, Sean McDonough, who loves showing off. His, like, we get it, Sean. You wrote all the players on your big board. You work hard. Like, yeah, it's part of the oh, deal. You mean the fact that he's holding his board? But not just holding it. Like, I, I think he likes it to be seen. It's possible. I mean, I will say there's the possibility that a play happens while you're standing there and you've got a quick reference, right? You remember like when Buck and Aikman were doing their stand-up and then the Seahawks or the Broncos went for it on fourth down and they weren't. Part of that was they were not actually – sometimes when you're standing up, you're not looking at the field, which is the case in that Seattle booth from what I've been told. I, part, part of having the number one job, whether the CEO, the head coach, the, the Joe Buck – yeah, like, it, it's assumed that you're grinding, working hard, and like no, that's what's the money's for. And then it's for you to just get the job done, right? Yeah, you, I I give a lot. It doesn't of matter what time the CEO of Wells Fargo actually gets in or leaves, as long as the company's thriving, right? It's expected that he's working hard. I give a lot of credit to the guy that makes it look easy because they've worked so hard, right? As opposed to telling me how hard they've worked. Yeah, I just think like I don't remember just like the crew of the elite guys, Tom. Peyton and Drew Brees, let's put them in the umbrella. Even Rodgers, like, I, I don't know nothing about Rodgers' work habits. I, I I think it's pretty clear, like, he's not just going through the motions, like, right? You know? I, I, to me, the bigger issue would be, this is the NFL, right? I mean, there are, if you're just working a union job, most people clock in, clock out. Most guys on the team, right? The starting right guard might be a random guy making two million bucks. But I bet, what if there's a chance, like, you know, this guy's one of the hardest workers on our team? No one knows. Like Patrick Sertan. Like, what if he's just like, this guy's a fucking grinder? But no one, it's just, we're all kind of grinding. Like, Russell, you're around a bunch of grinders. And then you kind of suck and you're pumping your chest. I, I, It's just, it's cheese ball levels to the highest form. And it's also like, I'm kind of superior in a way, even though I don't think he's thinks he's doing it what if he's just sharing the wealth like here here's everything i've learned over my career and i want other people to know all you high school kids out there you know eight hour bus ride high knees in the aisles because i think the plane i think the plane ride in general whether you're working in finance flying across the country or you're an nfl player flying from denver to london coach included is kind of nap time <laughs> or, or movie yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you're Peyton Manning, John Elway, or things can happen to your body, John. Eight hour flight, you know. I don't think it would be that weird if he said, like, yeah, we we did some treatment on the plane. Like that'd be pretty normal. I just left it at that. Yeah. So it's I not had, the doing it. It's the, it's the telling. I think the high knee thing. And then when he claimed that he went nap and then right back to watching film. One hour nap and then back to film. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh by the way, that game, a public service announcement. That game is at 6.30 a.m. Pacific time on ESPN+. Plus on I got Sunday ESPN+. Morning. Plus. I got the plus. I got the plus as well. Uh, it's at 6.30 a.m. on the plus. Uh, Broncos, Jags. So, you know, if you, didn't, if you didn't know who was playing and I told you the time and you said no, then you heard it was Broncos, Jags. Obviously, now everyone's setting their alarms as they listen to this or watch this live. Well, I wouldn't have known it was Jags. Obviously, you just once you hear Russ talk, you know they're in London, right? 
Yeah, but if you didn't know there was a London game, you might just be kind of like, what is he talking about? You know, is, what's going on? Well, but when you watch him talk, he talks about the eight-hour flight. You just start doing, like, where is an eight-hour flight? Like, is Mexico City get a game? <laughs> I, no, I know. But you just, I do think, like, you think, like, well, did they get, they have to circle the airport? Was there bad weather? Oh, middle of the week flight, though. I I think a lot of people. I don't think most people's immediate reaction is they must be in London. Yeah. I, I don't know what people's reaction was. It'd be weird. Like, why is he had a strong headwind? You know, why is he on an eight-hour flight in the middle of the week? West? Trade winds? I would have no clue. If you told me who they were playing, that's how I found out they were playing in London, the eight-hour flight. So maybe I'm just assuming. If you would have said, who are they playing? Yeah. I would have been like, Vikings? I don't know. I get, they already played in London like three weeks ago. So I fuck. I don't know. I would have had no clue. Yeah. Well, that's who it is, John. Uh, for everybody watching this, great to have you watching. Hit that uh, like button. Hit the subscribe button as well. We appreciate that on YouTube if you're watching it live or after the fact, whatever. Time doesn't matter. Uh, it's, uh, it is it is in your control. It is in your control as a consumer. If you are listening to this podcast, it's great to have you. We are um, live on, on YouTube right now. This is before Thursday Night Football. But uh, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for that. Five-star review. Leave an Apple podcast review. And um, leave us a question in that review. That's how you get in the Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag, which is uh, scheduled to return at a later date. We are sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka. It is numero uno in El America. Tito's. I, I uh, Lloyd, be quiet. I went to uh, Tebanyaki. Tito's loves for, dogs. For I think the second, oh, they love dogs. We got your back, Lowell's. The second time in my life. And uh, had three Tito's and sodas last night. Tebanyaki mm. at, uh, mm. what's the place called? Benihana. Benihana. Look at you. <laughs> you ever Great been to a Benihana? <laughs> uh, I've been to one Benihana. Yes. Pretty good food. Not going to lie. Now yeah. they do see you, unless you go with, you know, it's like a golf you know, uh, outing, you know, That's you better right. bring four to the foursome because if yes. you bring three, they're putting you with a random guy. So if you go with two, there are about eight other tables and you end up sitting next to other random oh, people. Happy birthday. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not <laughs> ideal, but regardless, that's what Tito's is for. Had some Tito's sodas, had some uh, steak teriyaki, uh, some chicken fried rice. And it was fantastic. Recommend Benihana. Also recommend Tito's and sodas go right along with it. So, uh, Devin Yaki for the win. Yeah. Uh, Tito's John, you know, what we used to tell you all the time about Tito's. Doing it right is more important than doing it easy. And Tito's uses old-fashioned pot stills. They taste test every batch. The process is similar to that used to make single malt scotches and high-end French cognacs. It requires more skill. Yes. 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 It requires more effort. Yes. That's right. But sometimes the best things are worth doing right. and. Tito's is well worth it. Tito's handmade vodka. Uh, share us, uh, share with us your photos, tag us, all that kind of stuff. Well, guy, to this, is, I that. mean, it's Halloween ain't for John Middlecoff, and I doubt it's for Haberman, though he better be handing out candy, you know. Uh, I'm pro Halloween. I like the, I like Halloween vibes. So this is, I'm sure, a big, you know, for our younger listeners, and I bet, you know, there's some older too, a lot of Halloween parties Friday, Saturday, if you're drinking Tito's and sodas, tag our ass. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Tag not literally, uh, physically. Let's ride I, I, my mean, ass. Is at, 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 at us. <laughs> Let's ride my ass. 
Uh, that's right. There's so many great Halloween recipes on the atitosvodka.com. Not that uh, they're telling uh, us to promote that, but I just think it's a great resource. I'm always trying to figure out what should I make? What, what do you put? So go check it out. There's all kinds of great drinks there. Or just go with the old standards. People always love your John Daly, your ginger and beer, your Tito's and soda. Um, you know, all great options as well. Get some get some ginger beer on on uh uh, in stock. I mean, you can get it at Trader Joe's cheap. Highly recommend. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Thank Woo! you, Tito's. We love you. We're also sponsored by butcherbox.com slash his am, spelled H A M, butcherbox.com slash hammer. Right now, you get a free turkey oh. in your first box when you go to butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham. Yep, do it right now. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Get a free turkey. You go there. You curate a box. You can get some ground beef. You get some free-range chicken. You get some ribeye steaks. They even have ribs. A lot of different meats. Put it together. When you use our promo code, butcherbox.com slash ham, they give you a free turkey. This little thing, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Thanksgiving. It's right around the corner. There are three NFL games that day which thank you Jesus for supplying us with those started at 10, then at one and even the lions, even even the lions, Lions. it's their day. You know, it's, it's their day. I don't know how they got grandfathered in, but they sure as hell got grandfathered in with the 10 AM kickoff always in Detroit. So uh, yeah, get on it right now. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Get yourself a free turkey. Yeah. Peace of mind, ultimate convenience, free shipping in the continental United States. No surprise fees, incredible value, a range of high quality cuts. And the main course for Thanksgiving dinner is done. No stress. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Code ham. Get you one 10 to 14 pound turkey for free in your box. That's butcherbox.com slash ham and use code ham to claim this deal. If you want a good little nugget that I learned last night at Benihana when you're sitting next eating to a random guy, Rocky Aoki, who I didn't really know who that was, was a guy that founded Benihana. And obviously it became really big. I think he eventually sold it to like a VC firm, uh, cashed out, or still maybe owns a piece, but whatever. He's really famous in the, in the uh, that community, right? In the chef community, restaurant community. His son is Steve Aoki, the uh, famous DJ. Didn't know that. Honestly, didn't know who Rocky was, but yeah, I learned last night. And Steve's his son. And this guy was adamant that Steve always tried to keep it quiet because he wanted to go off his own merit of his mm. own talents as a DJ. Not that he was handed this, you know, kind of trajectory in life because his dad was a famous famous restaurateur. Steve is a legendary worker. Like Steve, I, the, the DJ. Yeah, for like yeah. incredible, like to the point that his life has suffered because of how hard of a worker he is. Um, wouldn't you imagine I, he gets that from old Rocky? Yeah, I think there's a family fight over Rocky's wealth going on, and I don't think I I don't think Steve is necessarily involved in it. I think there's other family members kind of fighting. I think Rocky has is Rocky still with us? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let me let me double check that. So maybe there's an impending family fight. Maybe I made that up. I don't. That's what I had heard. You know any of these people? No, I don't know any of them. Well, here's one thing when you bring up Rocky. No, excuse me. Rocky died in 2008. So Rocky's okay. been gone for about 15 years. RIP Rocky. Uh, Rocky's got a lot of kids, bro. Yeah. Kevin, so Steve, Kanye, Echo, Jennifer, Kevin, Kyle. I mean, he's got a big fucking Rocky was getting it in. Now Rocky's yeah. been married about, you know, three times. Yeah. 
So that so that story unfortunately makes sense. And and Rocky, I would imagine, was filthy rich at this point. His third wife was married in 02 and obviously passed away in 08. So Rocky mm. got married late. At what age? Passed. Well, 38 to 08 is I'm guessing that's a 70. Uh died at 69. So Rocky would have got married at about 64. Gotcha. Uh Yosu says Tito's Cotito. How do you say that? Is that did I say it right? Uh Cohito the holiday. Like I didn't know what it was. I just Cojito? Cojito. I just went to the uh, to the Tito's website, and guess what? They have the recipe. Tito's handmade vodka, sweetened condensed milk, evaporated milk, cream of coconut, vanilla extract, ground cinnamon, and ground nutmeg. It's funny, like, uh, when you go to Rocky's Wikipedia page, it says children, seven, including, it just says the number seven, and then semicolon, including Steve, and then his daughter, Devin, who is uh, an actress. Oh, in Fast so and the Furious. Yeah, too famous. Also, or two, I'm not sure which, but well, there's about 17 of them. So, Coquito, 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 Coquito. My guy last night doing doing Tabanyaki, he was pretty good. You know, with the with the flames, onions. Said he and just the egg going around. Mm. Said he practiced with a golf ball at home when he was coming up. (laughs) Genius! That thing's got to be hard to uh, corral. Yeah, so impressive. Very good. All right, everybody, uh, let's dive into a few things, including this. As we record this Thursday, the uh, 49ers had uh, headed out to the practice field. And uh, no Debo Samuel or Juwan Jennings, reading from David Lombardi's Twitter, at the start of Niners practice, both dealing with hamstring injuries, very significant potential implications. He wrote, uh, of course, Cal Shanahan's been talking about this. Cal Shanahan mentioned this on Wednesday in his press conference. When asked Wednesday about Debo's progress his answer was quote unquote making progress so you know does Debo being out of a practice on a Thursday mean Debo's not going to play on a Sunday no Debo is high on the list of guys that can miss practices and play but given how impactful Debo Samuel was in the last meeting he was 36 percent of the 49ers offense mostly receiving he only had two carries in that day um, and he scored one home run touchdown, one of the maybe some some claimed maybe the best touchdown of his career. Uh, this is significant. And the Niners talked a ton of shit as a result of, you know, on Debo's back. Like they when I close when I close my eyes and think of the 49ers beating the Rams, I envision a shitload of Debo Samuel plays. Starting with that one, but last year, guy he obviously had some incredible plays in that week 18 game. I mean, he threw a touchdown. Remember him taking over, just running the ball, and him the catch that he had on Jalen Ramsey on that final two minute drive. I, I, this would be a pretty. I understand they made a big trade, and we'll get to McCaffrey, but it, it would be a significant loss. I even think an underrated thing, and we talk about like a. Uh, I, I give Lewis Riddick credit on this one. I just saw his Instagram. I think he's on Shad Khan's yacht right now in London. That because he like hashtag yacht life on his oh because it is on he's calling the game yeah so the thing you learn in the NFL because you can look at a unit you go God this guy's have the best offensive line in the league you're two injuries away from an area of strength becoming an area of weakness like if Juwan Jennings is their third wide receiver Debo's you know it's weird like is Ayuk at the end of the year going to have more catches than him Debo's you know their best most complete offensive weapon. And you remove those two guys, so you're all you basically just have Brandon Ayuk, 
who are their other wide receivers? Ray Ray then has Danny to play. Gray. Yeah, Ray nonstop Ray. and Danny Gray. Need. I mean, that's that gets pretty dire pretty quick. Because yeah. you'd say, well, when they start with Debo Ayuk and Juwan Jennings, you go, that's probably one of the better three man units in the league, right? Just in terms of their high end. Yeah, I mean, and they've, and they've distributed pretty well. Um, now, obviously, George missed a little time, but Ayuk thirty two catches, Debo thirty two catches, Kittle twenty five catches. So how many you know, catches Debo's does Juice? Not, how many catches Juice have? Like 10, 12? Uh He has eleven catches on fifteen targets. You know what his per catch averages? Well, I would have bet point nine. I'd guess about nine of them have been for first downs, wouldn't you? Uh, that is very close. Seven of his plays have been for first downs. Yeah. Obviously, Debo would be a massive loss. I think check is not Debo level, but not he's fucking way more important than Jawan Jennings. If you tell me Jawan Jennings well, missed the game, like whatever. I would say both. Yeah, I mean, yes. I agree. I'm not saying whatever. I'm just, if I had to do a hierarchy, I would go Debo one of just the skill guys. Debo one, Juice to me would be a clear two over Jawan because of his impact as well in the running game. We'll go back to the Niners-Rams game a few weeks ago. check and Jennings combined for three catches. Juszczyk had one for 35. Jennings had one for 10 and one for 12. So, you know, you're going to get three, two first down catches a game out of those two guys, like big ones, like third and eight, third and 11, right? It just happens every game. One from Jennings, one from one from Juice. Does it ever end? That's what I, I'm being serious. Like, what, does injuries? it just ever end? Does, do they ever just have like a five week, a month stretch where it's like, God, that was pretty healthy? Or is it just, this is just the Kyle Shanahan experience because you would say so far this is the Kyle Shanahan experience yeah I don't think you can count on I don't think you can go well the football guy it's going to correct itself because partly it's this you know if it's these players it's partly it's the same players right Debo's had hamstring groin like this has been a thing with Debo before you know like when you're playing golf and just you know your ball's going a certain way you're like it's just going right every time I hit and then like you get to like the 13th hole and you just go, maybe this is the time I hit it down the middle. And then it just never goes down the middle all day. Like it does feel like that with the 49ers. Like it only goes down the middle on the widest fairway with no OB. <laughs> that time it goes down the middle. They would pray at the just now you could say the bye week's coming at a good time, but in a weird way, it feels like the bye week for the 49ers is pretty irrelevant when it comes to injuries. I'm not yeah, saying it hurts, hurts, but it doesn't like make them any healthier. I'll tell you the, the thing that hurts about the bye week is it feels like you might need the week that it's, I mean, it all works out in the end. So it's just a perception, but like, you can't, you know, we'll see what happens if they're three and five, like you can't take time off at three and five. You got to get back to work at four and four. Like, but anyway, Debo specifically, who knows? I, you know, I'd love to tell you, I think he plays because this game is important and Debo tends to play and you've got the, you know, one thing where the bye week does help you is, if you have guys that are a little banged up, maybe you try and push it a little bit. Hamstrings. But it's, you know, you don't want to hurt a hamstring worse and have them out in two weeks, but you really need this game. I remember the one thing I remember about 2020, beside the last couple of weeks when their entire team was in a box at the Arizona Stadium, like their entire team. <laughs> it was like, that's like their starting lineup was just in the box, all injured. Was there was a play, I forget which week, but like, Remember, Debo had hamstring injuries that week. And there was a play where he caught the ball and went out of bounds. And maybe like the step before, the step right after he hit the white line, like he pulled up. That's a visual I would want no part of if I'm the Niners. So as shitty as it would be to risk going three and five, I cannot have him like grade two hamstring out a month, right? Because yeah, okay, you only missed three games out of four, but that's a major blow. 
kind of like the Bosa thing, you know, could, if it was the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game, could he have played the Atlanta Falcon game? Probably, you know, I, I would guess maybe, right? Yeah, yeah. But they gave him the week and then it looked like, I mean, actually his speed, he was too fast getting up the field and he used it against him. But like, he looked pretty normal to me. You know, he had the sack. He just looked like, if you feel like it's that, then I I, I don't know, man. I, I can't risk it. I, I can't. Because the one thing would have been like, well, we pushed the Atlanta game and he's out too much. You'd be like, oh, that's your, you're fucked. Your season's over. You're saying I with Debo this week, you would not push it. That's what you're saying? I would have to feel like he's unhurtable, which is clearly never a case with a 49er player. I, I would, if he can't practice all week because it's tight, he ain't playing. Which sucks. Like you said, it's uh, Kyle Shanahan plays in more must-win games on October 30th than any good coach, you know, which is up for debate. Like, he sucks, but you know what I mean. I any coach ever it, is, but it is unbelievable. It is so true. It's like college football level must-win games in October. Well, it's weird. Like for the Rams, for example, they lose this. Their season is in major trouble. But you'd go, well, they've been to multiple Super Bowls. They won one. They've been to the playoffs basically every fucking year. And the one year they missed, they went nine and seven. Like. Are they in any must-win games this year? Uh, Sean McVay would say, yeah, right. They, they you mean just not. for making the playoffs. I, I'm just saying the way they're judged on the outside, right? If they have a eight and nine year, is that big a deal in the no, grand scheme no, of things? No. If Kyle Shanahan has an eight nine year, is this a pretty That's deal, a big deal. An utter disaster? It's a big deal. And look, here, here's the thing: I watched some of Sean McVay, um, his Wednesday press conference, I guess, today. And he feel uh, just watching him. I don't watch him every week, but I see a fair amount of him. He, he, he was pretty, he was a pretty comfortable guy. Like he seemed that, you know, they, they're coming off the bye. They're three and three. I think they feel good. We can talk more about them. They feel good because they got their center, Brian Allen coming back. Van Jefferson, remember left the Super Bowl celebration because his wife was having a baby, had a knee, had a knee surgery and he's back this week. I don't know if he's going to play yet, but he's been a limited participant in practice. So they actually feel like they got some good vibes going, the Rams. Um, and they you, listen like- to Schrager, you listen to Schrager last week with Rasilla? No. He said last week when he flew in, he knew McVay was on a bye. He texted him like, you want to meet up to get a drink? And McVay's like, just come over to my house. So he went over to his house, hung out on Saturday. Yeah. And he was kind of reiterating the way you're saying. He's like, I was expecting him to be kind of down, have some like cocktails, kind of bitching and moaning. He's like, he was in pretty good spirits. Like, we've had some injuries. He's like... You know, obviously Stafford's been banged up. He didn't feel like all is lost on the season. That's yeah. I again, he was basically I, saying I, I've known him for a long time, really and well. I was surprised on his his upbeat energy. That's the vibe. But that mean, Wickersham they, article right says that like you know he's a guy that handles losing not well. He looked fresh to me. He looked fresh. Um, and he they upgrade like, houses. I, I've read. I think his house is pretty incredible. Well, he just got to spend the probably his first time in a two months at the house. Then, yes, yeah, you know. Um, but this makes it then a you know it's a big game for Christian McCaffrey immediately. McCaffrey, remember, played against the Panthers two weeks ago. The Panthers' last game before, uh, not the Panthers, the Rams. The Rams' last game before the bye was against the Panthers and Christian McCaffrey. It was the Christian McCaffrey showcase game. We talked about this we, we, on the pod. The Panthers put him on display that day. Christian McCaffrey against the Rams had 20 touches for 158 yards, eight yards per touch, okay? 13 carries for 69 yards, seven catches for 89 yards. He is not Debo Samuel. They are different. But he had kind of a an old-school 2021 
Debo Samuel game the last time he played against the Rams. And um, so on one hand, you go, the Rams just saw him. But on the other hand, if Debo can't play, then I think the Rams defense and the Rams as a team are coming for these. You know, the Niners talked a lot of shit last time. And McCaffrey's going to have to kind of, what is it, cash the cash those checks that Debo wrote. Although Debo, it's not Debo's fault. But McGlinchey pointing at Jalen Ramsey, right? De- uh, Debo did talk some shit after the game, but too. He, but he, like, to me, yeah. like, he has... He's allowed earned, to. Yeah, he, it was... He did it. Like, he did the deed, you know? So... Because didn't uh, he say, like, I wasn't quite sure what he was trying to do when he said Jalen was backing up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the McGlinchey thing is... McGlinchey pointing in his face. And the Niners... Look, the Niners have beat them a lot in the regular season. So they've they have earned that as a team. But McCaffrey was not a part. So McCaffrey's got to like, if there's no Debo, don't you agree? Like, this is going to be a lot of, and K- I think Kittle will have to, like the yak, like dudes are going to be coming in to make stops. But this could be a McCaffrey game. This could need to be a McCaffrey game. I saw a clip yesterday from practice that McCaffrey was taking just running routes on air, which isn't that crazy. I bet in McCaffrey's career, he doesn't just run like running back drills. Like He is a hybrid. I do wonder if he's getting legit cross training like this week that they could just put him in the slot, yeah. right? Like legitimately just put him in the slot or find out, can we put him on the outside? Because here's what happens. if They, they did last week. Remember that play that we were talking about where use check had to tell him where to line up. You're right. I, I would guess there would be some legit wide. If Debo and Jawan Jennings are out, he's probably playing some wide receiver this week, which he should, because the other thing is like losing juice like Juice is another guy that could line up in the slot several times a game. So that's and part a, of the block. And is a tough guy, right? And breaks yeah. tackle. And I, brings tackle. I, I and do block. wonder if if Debo and Jawan Jennings are out, that's pretty easy for the Rams then to just have number five fall around 11. Like I would imagine Iuke sees Jalen Ramsey the entire game. Like that's just why, – why would you not, right? Yeah. You'd put your best corner on their best wide receiver, and then you basically – I saw our guy Akash – Tweeted out a couple last night. Still on photos. What? Hmm? What do you say? On a Verathon, I think it's the last night. Uh, oh, I didn't even, didn't even attempt. Still photos of Ty Davis Price. There was just an underrated part of Elijah Mitchell's game. Honestly, it's probably what he hangs hat on because he's not super fast. He's not super big. It's he's just a natural. And there are holes in the Shanahan offense that it's not predicated, right? Like when I was at Fresno State and then Andy ran the same play, like the power. You pull a guard, you pull both guards, and you lead up with a fullback. The hole is set. Like you know within five or six feet like where you're going. Kyle's offense and just the zone running scheme in general is a lot predicated on feel. Like it's an outside zone, but you're allowed to cut it completely back if it's there. Some big runs happen. Ty Davis Price went the wrong way on a couple. And I do wonder if, like, he's not quite ready. Like, he's very, definitely very talented, but, like, on that specific zone running scheme, that it, this year might be somewhat of just a complete learning and, you know, just Is and that how guys, that works. Well, you know, the knock, like, I remember Darren McFadden. There are certain players that actually don't, uh, Adrian Peterson, like they just want to specifically be told where to go and then let me cook. Like it's, I got no problem. And Ty Davis Price, wouldn't you say, kind of falls under this umbrella, like lowering a shoulder, breaking a tackle. Just tell me what to hit. I'll hit it. And fuck, I, I got no problem trying to run the guy over. And you watch his LSU tape, like that's kind of what he was doing. 
Elijah Mitchell's much more like kind of feeling Frank Gorish, right? And that makes me a little nervous. This gets back to McCaffrey. Like, you kind of need him to be your backup running back as well. I, I know he's technically your starter, but you know what I mean. Like, he's got to basically split. Uh, he's got to take a ton of carries as well with Wilson. Because ideally, you would just kind of use them all over the place if Debo's out. And have just your running backs just hammer the ball between the tackle. And then, you know, like two or maybe more than two, but like five true carries that he's going to take big hits. And then a lot of like wheel routes, slot routes, screen plays to McCaffrey. But do you kind of need him to run the ball if you don't feel Ty Davis Price is fucking ready to just hit it? Yeah, I mean, Jeff Wilson carried the ball well last week, right? Which does free McCaffrey up a little bit. True, but like if you're going to run like – if you plan on going into the game, 25 carries. Okay, so I'm giving Wilson 10 to 12, you, right? Yeah. 15, yeah. you know, there's another 10. Like if well, I don't maybe trust, it's back to Debo gets five, right? They kind of moved away from that. But he's out is what I'm saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So McCaffrey yeah. kind of has to take that role. Ayuk jet sweep. And this, this is where this, the trickle down effect happens so fast, right? You just you feel like God. The Niners have an unlimited amount of weapons. Now it's like, well, shit. I mean, we need McCaffrey to move over here. Now we're missing juice. It, it is an argument, and we did talk about this. It is an argument if you want to make a for the trade argument. If you can play that, a receiver, it works. Yeah, that you get running backs hurt. You've got some receivers that have been hurt. So get a guy that can actually help you in both spots. Should you need help, um, and you know maybe McCaffrey does. The other thing with him, you know. If he has a good game against the Rams and helps you beat the Rams, the team that you upped your bid to beat in the trade, right? And you traded a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth for him. That does help you make the argument. If it's like, well, we got him. They didn't get him. He helped us beat them. That that helps. Now, you don't remember that in three years if he's been hurt and you haven't won and all your you don't have any picks. Like, who cares that you won that one game October 27th of 2022? But right now, like they'll be walking around the offices next week on a bye, pretty satisfied with themselves if McCaffrey helps them beat the Rams, specifically because, you know, they wanted them. You want to want to hear the stat of the day? Now, this is all predicated. If Tampa loses tonight to the Ravens, uh huh, the Panthers can beat the Atlanta Falcons this week and be in first place. Wow. Wow. Now, I will say they are not beating the Falcons this week. To me, the Panthers have the classic college football thing. Like, coach gets fired, interim coach takes over. Now, they actually lost right away first, right? This was Steve Wilk's second game. The Niners got him fired, then they played a game, then they beat the Bucs. Oh, yeah, because they played the Rams. They lost to the Rams. So, but this happens all the time in college. In the Pac-12, you and I both watch it. It's happened twice already this year. Herm got fired. New coach takes over. Upset Washington. Colorado. Their coach get fired. Interim coach takes over. They beat Cal. Yeah. The Colorado got run the next week. I, I would say it's a power five in NFL consistent. Like, you usually get an inspired effort. And if you don't, it's time to just cut a lot of people. I also think the, the Bucks, in a weird way, have, like, less juice than the Falcons do right now. Now we'll see Thursday night. They like the Bucks think they belong in a game with the Ravens, right? Like that's a powerful. Again, the college football thing is like that's you know when LSU plays uh, a Cincinnati. All due respect to Cincinnati, now they might give them more respect. But like four years ago, you play Cincinnati in a bowl game, you're like fuck this. 
And then Cincinnati yeah. wins Auburn. I maybe they beat somebody Auburn or LSU. Well, they beat Georgia the year Alabama Georgia. beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, and they beat the, Georgia players are like, well, I don't even want to be here. Now the Panthers did kick. I watched a fair amount of that game. They kicked the Bucks' ass. Like they scored real touchdowns in that game, yeah, not real DS stuff. Uh, but <laughs> that's a hell of a nugget. That is a hell of a nugget. Yeah, it'd be, yeah. Anyway, McCaffrey game. This would be on the flip side of that. I mean, I, I'm, with, I'm with you on the value. If he can, I mean, we know he can, but like he's got to do it. It the value goes dramatically up, and you feel less like nitpicking over. Was it really worth all these? Like to me, a fifth and a fourth round pick mean nothing to me. Especially a future fifth, like that means nothing to me. You could argue the fourth round, but like second and third round players, I mean, they they do mean something to me. I, I I've said over and over, I I don't put that much stock in once we get to day three and they start going to like the Colts, you know, uh, was, Reggie Reggie Wayne from the zoo, you know. I once you start doing that, but the second day is a real day, right? Where you're getting starters, and that's yeah. and they're cheap. So it, it allows you when you have second and third round picks to, I, I just think to like make, make moves. And now you, you know, historically like the Niners got Trent Williams for a third, the Eagles got Darius Slay for a third. So obviously it costs money to get good players, older veterans. And this one was unique because you were in a bidding process. But when you are a Swiss army knife and which that's always, he's hung his hat on. And I think, wouldn't you say when he got on draft night, when Christian McCaffrey went eighth, that was kind of like, damn. Yeah, it people was. thought he was going to go in the first round. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't the biggest fan because I of thought the he guy was or the pick of the player because I didn't envision being able to be like a sweet running back. I knew he could be a sweet wide receiver, but I was like, in the top twenty, you're going to take basically Julian Edelman meets Wes Walker, even if he can become the best slot. I thought it was kind of great, but he's a great running across racial comp. Uh, Jarvis Landry meets uh, Alvin Kamara, <laughs> but he he's a he's an elite player, and then it turns out the knock on him was more just can he stay healthy, and now for the first time in a long time because he's only played on shitty teams like a lot of people are like how does he look with all the chips on the table like that yeah. that Rams game for example when he clearly got the classic like put you on a showcase that game meant nothing ultimately right so mm -hmm. it's this is big like he's. Every tackle he breaks, every touchdown he scores, every game that he allows them to miss an all pro. Think about that. Like, hey, man, uh, we need you to step up because we're missing our all pro Debo Samuel, who we just gave $60 million to. Yeah. Who carried us to the NFC fucking championship last year. Can you do that? Like, against this you, team, toe to toe against this team. Well, you don't just need me to try to save Matt Rule's job and catch balls from Teddy Bridgewater. No, like, this is. 125 game Fox. It's going to have 15 million people watching. Yeah. Burkhart's coming in on the jet after a game. Do we think. I mean, is, do they play Friday, Saturday? Is Burkhart called World Series games or Joe Davis? No, he does the studio, though. Like, the they are on site. Is it Friday, Saturday World Series games or Friday, Sunday? Uh, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So Burkhart will be in on the jet Sunday morning. Yeah. Fox is obviously Fox is smart, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we'll compete with the Big Ten and some of our other stuff, but we ain't messing with uh, the National Football League. Um, all right. So let's talk about just the game in general, right? The, the implications, John, let's talk about implications. Uh, the Niners are three and four. You just said that if the Panthers win, 
And if you're watching this after the fact, you already know, but if the Bucs lose, the Panthers are in first place in that division. Panthers and Falcons have both beat the Niners, which is part of the reason the Niners are in this spot. Um, meanwhile, you know, the Rams are uh, three and three. So if they lose, they're three and four, but it just feels like they're in a different world. Then there's a difference between three and four and three and five, three and four. You just a win away. You can get things even. That's where the Niners are now. But heading into a buy at three and five would feel pretty bad, even in an NFC that is, you know, has the Giants in the playoffs right now, uh, has has uh, uh, the Bucks who are not playing great football in the playoffs right now, uh, has the Seahawks in the playoffs right now. We'll see. The Vikings are five and one, and obviously clearly in the playoffs right now. So that's a lot of. You know there are there are spots that maybe could change, but eventually you got to go win games. Like you got to go get above five hundred if you're going to be a playoff team. Sherman had Bobby Wagner on the podcast this week. Yeah, and I was like, I, I clicked on it because I was like, oh, I wonder if they'll talk a little shit about Russ. And I actually didn't listen for that long, so I never got that far. But one thing Bobby Wagner's like, you know, obviously the records in this division aren't maybe as good as they have been the last couple of years at this point in time. That was widely considered one of the best divisions in football. But he's like, I still like on a weekly basis, you turn on like these teams. He's like, the Cardinals just get Hopkins back. And all of a sudden, if they win this weekend, which I don't think would be crazy on the road at Minnesota when everyone's going to be picking the Vikings off a bye. Well, Arizona's kind of coming off a bye too. Do you know their record? I heard a stat today that the Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins averaged 27 points a game and without him averaged 18 in a lot over the life of his three years with Kyler Murray. So it's wow. a it's a big deal. And Seattle, you and I were talking before we hopped on, obviously play the Giants, which is crazy. This is not this would have been the classic game if you just like looked over the schedule like on this given week. You're like, yeah, not watching this one. I mean it's if Seattle wins this game, they're five and three and clearly in first place. And like you said, the Niners and the Rams, like if the Rams were to win this game, the Niners would be in last place. Well I'll give you a stat on that that Giants Seahawks game. It's the only game in the league this weekend between two teams with winning records. If I would have told you at the beginning of the season that coming into week eight, that the Giants at Seattle, in terms of the playoffs and being top in their division, would be dramatically bigger than the Packers going to the Bills, you would have been like, shut up, right? Yeah, yeah. Now you could argue it's the Packers Bills game is pretty big because the Packers win it. They're four and four. It'd be a hell of a win for them. But right? wouldn't you argue that at the beginning of the season we talked about it with the Chiefs Bills, right? Probably the number one draft pick, just Bills at Chiefs, I and mean, that might just be the best game on paper. Wouldn't Packers at Bills been a, probably a top five game on paper? Yeah, and still is. I'm not. I mean, Sunday night has it for a reason. But Giants Seattle, it's weird. It doesn't even feel like it's saying it, but. If Seattle wins this game five and three, they're in pretty incredible position. You know, like they're not, they're just not going away. They've already got a two game lead on being over, or I mean, a two game uh, cushion over being over 500, right? I mean, for the Niners to get two games over 500, they have to win three games in a row. Like, so it just, it just gets to the swing. Like the NFL is not baseball where you just get to play every week. And I, I'm not a Kyler and Cliff guy. Everyone knows that. But holy shit, I mean, they win this weekend. It feels like you could just fucking light them on fire, dump them, and the season was over. And all of a sudden, they're four and four, and they really haven't played anyone in their division yet, guy. I know, and and I, as I said the other day, at this point, I have a hard time envisioning the Niners sweeping the Cardinals and beating the Seahawks again. Now, I don't have a hard time envisioning them beating the Seahawks, 
But if you just said, are they going to win all three of those games? At this point, you'd have to say, no, they're not. Now, if they win, if they beat the Rams, they hit the bye at 500. They play the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Dolphins after that. Who's this? The Niners? The Niners, yeah. Yeah. They play the Bucks, which I don't, you know, I don't care what happens. And again, we'll see what happens Thursday night. I, I think the Bucks are going to be fo- formidable. You're not chalking them up. But you're not chalking up the Seahawks. You're not chalking up the Cardinals. You're not chalking up the Chargers. But those are all games that the Niners are very capable of winning, especially if they come out of the bye a little healthier. So here's the other thing. If the Rams win, now I know the Rams won the playoff game last year, but the Niners have owned them, and they continue to own them in the regular season. Seven straight in the regular season. So the Rams can kind of break that spell a little bit. I think that's probably part of the reason why the Niners felt so comfortable kind of just talking about the Rams the way they talk about the Rams is that they have beat them a lot, a lot. Well, it, it feel a little bit like the Titans and the Colts. It just feels like every time I watch Titans and the Colts, I don't really watch it, but every time I check in on the scores, Titans win every single time. Yeah. It feels like they just dominate them. The difference is like the Titans go to the playoffs every year. The Colts do not. Like the, the Rams have been really formidable. It's If they do win this game and they've won four straight years of sweeping the Rams, how many teams that have been four straight years as a playoff team? Now, who knows if the Rams end up making the playoffs, get swept every year by a team in their division. Like that's that's probably pretty. You would have to get some ESPN stats and info, which I'm sure will come out if the Niners do it. There'll probably be some crazy data behind it because it, it would be, it would feel pretty unprecedented. The Lions get swept all the time by the Packers. Like, oh yeah, no shit, or the Bears. Like we get it. The Rams when they're winning double digit games every single year get swept by a team in their division. That's this game is massive, obviously, divisionally. The, looking at the Cardinals' schedule after this week, they do go Rams, or they do go Seattle, Rams, Niners. So, like, in about four weeks, I think we're going to get a lot of clarity on the Cardinals. And, like you said, the Niners just, it will be a major kick in the nuts going to the bye at three and five. It, it would be, listen, I mean, there are some shitty teams. Obviously, the Jags are struggling, and the, who knows? They might lose. I, I guess... If the Broncos were to lose this week and the Niners were to lose this week, you might give the nod to the Broncos just given that they're two and six. That's pretty crazy. But they did beat the Niners. So the Niners are three and five who had Super Bowl aspirations and uh, universally were getting picked to make the playoffs and are three and five. And the, and one of their losses do it, the two and six Broncos. Like that's, I, I would put them head for head right there with the Broncos as a disappointment because you could argue, and I kind of did, like, are we sure Nate Hackett? And it, it's kind of playing out that way. I did, I did argue. I, th- I said I thought they'd finish last in their division. You did. I don't think I did. So that's that's a good pick. But so my point is, I would ma- I would say the Niners are a bigger disappointment. If so they, two and if two and six Broncos, three and, three and five. You would give the Niners bigger oh, without question. Absolutely, not even close. If they lose this game, biggest disappointment of the first half of the season. I agree. Still could dig out of it, but it's like how many times you got to win games eventually. Butcherbox.com slash ham. And another special deal, free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off, right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer, 
when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, uh, 0-7. Oh, the thing about the seven wins in a row, too, is like, it's not, you know, the last game was 24-9. to Kind of misleading, right? How the, Niners, the Niners win seven games in a row and they went three and five? How'd they even pull off 10 and... How's that even possible? What, what? Seven in a row against the Rams in the regular season? I guess they just you just need to win seven more games out of the 10 if you're... Or out of the nine. So you oh, basically have to go. Finish. I'm saying to get to 10 and seven when you're three and five, you have to go seven and two. Yeah. Which, Which is cr- doesn't feel hard. like they did, but Very I guess hard. they did it. Yeah. Um, but it's not as if these Rams games are just, you beat a team seven times in a row. You think you just must kick their ass every time. You know, one thing, these, the wins for the Niners, one common thread, one thing that pops up from time to time is not just a pick, but a pick six, right? Who Funga had to pick six in the last meeting. Niners got to the third quarter with the lead, which turns out to be a very key statistic for the 49ers. 
but they scored two two offensive touchdowns the last time they played the Rams. Debo had the big one. Remember, Jeff Wilson had a big run in the game on a good drive. It wasn't like some freak thing, but the Debo play was a third and three. Robbie Gold had a field goal, and Talanoa Hufunga had a pick six. Like that's how they beat the Rams, twenty four to nine. Two stats for you: both those Niner touchdowns were from outside of the red zone, right? Pretty sure the Jeff Wilson Jr. run was like a thirty five yarder. 32-yarder, and Debo's play was 57. The Niners had red zone trouble last week. We've seen them have red zone touchdown trouble. Two stats on the Rams. Number one, the Rams have allowed just four red zone touchdowns this year. That's that's pretty good. In only 12 red zone trips. The Rams are the only team in the NFL that have not yet benefited from a pass interference penalty on the opposing defense. Think about That's that. pretty crazy. That makes no sense. Now, maybe they've declined one or two. I, that is a crazy stat. But the Niners' defense right now feels like it's at a fork in the road, John. They they got their asses kicked. And there have been a lot of numbers since the Chiefs game about how historically bad it was. It was like DVOA, worst defense, eighth worst defensive performance since 1981 or something like that. I don't know if you saw that one. But that was one of the defensive nuggets on the Niners last week. And there's been talk, you know, is Jimmy Ward happy with his being used as a uh, a nickelback? And I I saw, you know, Grant Cohn tweeted that the Niners are costing him money by using him as a nickelback. And Armstead, Kyle Shanahan can't even articulate what his injury is because it's, oh, it's the foot and it's the heel and they kind of connect and I, I I stay out of it. You know, all that type of stuff. Greenlaw, Al Shire, like the, the guys who are beat up and not practicing or partially participating is long. But they got embarrassed last week with Nick Bosa on the field, with Fred Warner on the field, with Emmanuel Mosley on the field, right? Mosley? Like those guys, huh? Not Emmanuel Mosley. Mosley. Sorry, uh, Traverius Ward. Yeah. Mooney is what got me confused there. They got embarrassed with their best defensive players on the field. So my question is, are the Niners all pissed? At, like, are people in a little bit of disarray? I won't say pissed at each other. But is this defense in disarray? Or are they about to respond to what the Chiefs did to them? Because I do think the defense, as unpopular as this would be this week, I will defend them a little bit in the sense that while they gave up a ton of points and a ton of scoring drives, I think if their offense scores touchdown, that game plays out differently for them. Like, I think this is these are team games. And yes, the offense operates and the defense operates. They're not on the field at the same time, but I don't think they operate completely independent of one another and in a bubble. And I think when you miss opportunities on offense and then the deep, like these things to me work together from a field position standpoint and just from a tone of the game standpoint. And the the 49ers offense did not help the 49ers defense last week. And to me, if you're going to get historically beat up for it to happen by Patrick Mahomes, while not quote-unquote, okay to me if Mahomes does it to you and Andy Reid does it to you. It's not necessarily a a complete indictment that your defense is no part of what everybody thought it was. Now, maybe it's not historically great, but I I don't come away from that game last week going, well, guess the Niners' defense can't carry them anymore. They were a bunch of frauds. That's not how I feel about them. But I do think this is a big game for them. Like, what was last week against the Chiefs? In part, will they can change what that game was. It it was either a one-time occurrence that you throw away, weird shit happens sometimes, we were playing an all-time great quarterback, or it was the turning point in how we view them. And, and I think this Rams game for them, like, 
I, I think it's a big game for them. No. I think it's a really <laughs> big game for them. <laughs> I, I heard a stat today that, uh, you know, a lot of this, the, a lot of like the junkies go off of like, obviously the stat nerds, but also the gamblers are the yards per play. Yeah. It's, it's a big one is that the Arizona Cardinals are 20th on, on defense. But if you siphon out week one against the Chiefs, when they got same type deal happen with the Niners, they're ninth. And, and the point that is just that I, I think he kind of, if it happens three out of the nine games or seven games or whatever, then it can be like, you got some major holes. But if it's just the one team whose high end clearly is the highest right behind Buffalo, like I would put Buffalo in the same category. Like if you if your Buffalo game you lose forty eight to ten, and every other game that your defense is top half of the league, you have a top half of the league defense. You're just playing the best team in the league. You're they're going to beat you most of the time, right? It's like I'm a great defender in the in basketball. What do they always say? Well, great offense always beats great defense in basketball. Like there's just Kobe's on, Michael's on, Giannis is on, LeBron's on. There's nothing you can do. And I would put Mahomes and Josh Allen in that category now. So I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt if the defense keeps rolling. And I'm with you. Like, I've watched the Cardinals a decent amount. Like, they do got some guys that fly around as well. Now, the Niners' high end is higher than the Cardinals. Obviously, their pass rush is a lot better. But my point is, like, I I think you can – when the season plays out, I think it might turn out that the the Chiefs are are an outlier for a lot of teams. If if your defense is good. Now, if your defense is bad, it might not matter. But, like, the Niners clearly went healthy. Now, here's the thing. And I saw someone – there was some someone crunching the numbers, and, it, and it's right. One thing I noticed last week, the Chiefs' offensive line is very physical, which is I- ironic because they actually are just a pass team more than a run team. But a couple times last week, I thought just on just some basic between-the-tackle runs, the fucking defensive linemen, the, especially the tackles, were getting destroyed. And luckily, this matchup – I mean – they're starting running back. They they basically sent home, right? Cam Akers. I mean, Sean McVay hates him. It's weird. Like, clearly Sean McVay really hates this guy, yet he was way more publicly mean to Jared Goff than he ever has been for all these other guys. Like, this would be one where, like, I fucking can't stand this guy, but you're trying to trade him. I, I get it. Uh, you're eventually, I guess the Niners do get a little lucky, too. Like, the Chargers don't have a big power running back. Like, maybe it's just the league, because as long as Kinlaw and Armstead are nowhere to be found – they are very, very susceptible to someone running it down their throat. So the Rams, Chargers, Cardinals, they actually just get pretty lucky. Like, to me, the Seahawks would be a bad matchup for them right now if they wanted to play that way, right? If Kenneth Walker's just going to be humming. Mm. But to me, your defense, like, they want to throw it. And the Niners love when the Rams throw it because they can get after their defensive line. Now, I was at that Week 18 game, and the Niners, I've never seen a 17-3 halftime score that felt more like 50 to nothing. And part of it was, remember, Jimmy was atrocious. Now, Trent Williams didn't play, and that was one of those, holy moly, you know? And he's playing this week, which is obviously huge. But Jimmy Jimmy cannot be a disaster. Now, I would also imagine, what would you guess the split is for the the red versus the, I don't even, white and blue whatever the fuck they consider themselves yeah 60 40 i don't know yeah. so it's, it it'll be a lot it'll be a nine right. home game yeah but cooper cup has been a major major issue for them if stafford does not turn the ball over which the last this year he did that game he did uh earlier in the season last year on that monday night game he did if he doesn't like cooper they, they I, I don't know what you do to cooper cup 
Heard him. What, what did Dan Brown once famously say? Like, how do you slow down Reggie Bush? He said, hurt him in warmups. Take him out in warmups. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> Cooper Cup has been a. Now, listen, he dominates again everyone, but part of the reason it hasn't killed them, right, is their inability to run the ball and to Stafford giving it to you. Like, if Stafford eventually, just a law of averages, you think, would just have a game where he doesn't turn the ball over. You didn't throw a touchdown last time, too. Now Cooper had fourteen for one twenty-two. Remember Higby was good too, but Cooper, but he did not throw a touchdown. Stafford is a turnover machine right now. Matt Matt Ryan, I think matched him. I think they're tied for the old uh, for the league lead. I think so because I, I'm pretty sure I saw Matt Ryan had nine. Stafford had nine and didn't play last week, right? Yeah, Rams on a bye, so yep. the league leader is. Actually, Matt Ryan took Stafford's got eight. Matt Ryan's in the lead, mm. but Matt Ryan's going to end. So <laughs> Matt Ryan's going to get passed by some people because, as you pointed out, it's the less rest of the year thing. If Sam Ellinger sucks, does that mean they'll go to Nick Foles? I, I, there is no way just they're going to let Sam Ellinger play the rest of the year if he sucks the whole time, nonstop. Just maybe it's Jim Irsay's ploy to get the coach to quit so he doesn't have to pay him? I don't know. I did see Ursay tweeted today, though, John, a very powerful message. Do you see that? What did he say? Uh, let me let me get you the exact verbiage here. I don't want to mess something up. This, this, is, this is a problem for these two guys. Like, Kenny Pickett and Mac Jones can't have six and seven interceptions. Can, how does Kenny Pickett didn't even start the year? How does he have fucking seven picks? No wonder the Steelers keep seven, seven picks? picks? Kenny Pickett. He didn't start for several games because of Mitchell. Kenny wow. Pickett has four starts. Three starts, actually. It played in the game. Mac Jones is six. He's missed a couple. Uh, Jim Mercer tweeted, beginning tomorrow, October 27th, so this was yesterday, I guess, on your viewing device, 27 straight days of football. Human civilization has hereby reached its zenith. Is he factoring like Mac? Not must, must Jones, be. but the Mac who's playing, who's playing football next Tuesday? It's got to be a Maction team. Who plays football on Wednesday? Yeah, well, actually, I've seen a few people tweet this. So I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I got to say. Spring League? Like, I, I'm good with Tuesday and Wednesday. It's like not having something else going on. Like, I, I can watch well, recharge. I, I, I know, I but most people don't work in sports, you know? Maybe they want to watch football every day. But they don't. I mean, we've seen the Maction numbers. It's Let's face it. When well, we watch football. Maction on Saturday afternoon. They play on Saturdays, too. It's not a day thing. I know, but but that's one thing they really like to hang their hat on is the mat because who else is going to yeah. play on Tuesday and Wednesday? They're just getting a better number that day than they'd get on Saturday, right? Well, exactly. Like my point is, I'm cool with football being Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then just taking a little Netflix Hulu break for a couple of nights. I understood. I got you. Which I, I think I recommended the uh, early on the Steve Carell patient where he's yeah, locked I in. Didn't click on you it know, yet. I. I, I would pivot and say it's not as good as I thought it had a chance to be. I, I think I bet on the guy, and as the series went on, not much happened. Okay. And again, I, I just bet you. on the guy, and I get he self-produced it, and it was his pet project, but it's just kind of boring. Kind of boring. Got it. Didn't watch. Who was the uh, the 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 serial killer? Who the, you know the people were? Uh, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. I did not watch it because I told. Uh, Alyssa, I'm not going to watch it, so you can watch it without me. She watched it, described it to me, and I was very happy that I didn't watch it. 
it's an easier watch though than like I just the fascination with like the mind of a serial killer. I don't really have it. I'm not fascinated by the mind of a serial killer. Don't really care. Don't fucking yeah. I I could pick. I mean, I'm no profiler, but probably had a tough childhood, abused mind of a serial killer. I no, don't. actually, the Dahmer's thing. His dad was actually a softie. Well, what? <laughs> that was the other thing she told me. She's like, his dad. I, I, my thing was like, did they do anything about what it's like to be Jeffrey Dahmer's parents? Are they still alive? That must be D- fucking dad's insane. Still alive. Dad's still alive. That must yeah. be insane. Give me a thing about him. He didn't kill anybody. I, I'm with you. I, I'm more fascinated by, I've always been fascinated by the mob and the cartel because I'm always my, like, these no, guys are incredible not. business people. If they just focus that. on the right thing, they would make a ton of money, but they're always, <laughs> it's just hard once you start I'm making the big cash and they can't pivot. I get it. You get stuck. Uh, it was just it. It was well done. Like the acting was really good. Part of it. It's Wait a not second. acting. It wasn't a documentary. Were they like re re? Yeah, it's like basically. You know, it's a biopic. <laughs> but that's that's where the dad I think came out and said that it was actually kind of bullshit. Now he part of it was I mean being a neighbor in this low income apartment building where he's like cooking it. It's just in the neighbor, the smell. I mean, I can't even. Yeah. See, this is where I, I just, I don't, I don't want to live in that world. That world exists for some, I, I, I could pass. Callum says, couldn't get over. There was the same dad from Step Brothers. Same dad. Was? Yeah. He did a good job. Did a good job. That's fantastic. Uh, all right. We mentioned 630 well, AM. Well, are, is there a chance? Obviously some serial killers have just traumatic things happen to them or whatever. Is there also a chance that some people just get born really fucked up? You know? I'm not. Yeah, 100% <laughs> mental. Yes, absolutely. Like, really, really fucked up. Like, not everyone like is I said, just I'm not locked and loaded to be paid. Yeah, we'll put that in the category. Abused, mental illness. I, I just don't... I, I, I don't wonder what makes a person... Because it's it's not... It's just fucking... Yeah, it's nuts. It's insane. Well, is, that, is every stripper have daddy issues or some just people hoes? You know? <laughs> I, <laughs> it's just... You know? I guess if you're born with the name, there's some names that probably predispose you to, you know. Well, Candy, the Candy. the the show, the Hulu show with T- Timberlake's wife, Beale, yeah, pretty pretty good. But not a stripper, not a stripper. That's just well. You, she, I'm trying to think back, I know. fair maybe. Yeah, did you watch? I watched the, the trailer. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty creepy, actually. You know, if we didn't have football on for 27 straight days, you could dive into it on a Tuesday or Wednesday. You know. Uh, I was going hard. I realized I'm like, I've watched one episode of the Sopranos in like two months. I was watching three episodes a day for, for a month, but football, football started. Uh, all right. We mentioned some of the games, John also uh, bears Cowboys is out there this week. Um, Cardinals Vikings again, Vikings are five and one cards are three and four, the two and four Raiders taking on the Dan- Dennis Allen revenge game. Does Dennis Allen get a revenge game at two and five saints? Yeah. Mark Davis, give him a hug. Remember Mark refused to talk to him. Only went through Reggie. Remember that oh, one? No, I, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. I don't think Jeff Mark Davis passed. liked Dennis Allen. Did you see the Jeff Ulbrich clip going around social media on Thursday? Jeff Ulbrich coaching where? Jets defense. No, what was he doing? So last year, Jets are five and two. Yep. Pats are three and four. Yep. Last year, the Patriots were up 40 and were throwing deep balls. And Jeff Holbrook this week gave a press conference in which he said a whole lot of like, yeah, we haven't forgotten, which, okay, you're the Jets. 
And they're the Patriots. Let's see. It's, it takes balls to go into a Belichick game with a whole lot of we haven't forgotten stuff. He hates them, guy. With, a, with an and I'm unbridled sorry, passion. And an Robert, un- <laughs> follow you guys are just caught in the crossfire. It's not your fault. Yeah, nothing to do with it. He hates you. Hates you. So Which can didn't, Bill... didn't he leave them? That's what's weird. Yeah, but remember, like they wouldn't let him. It was part like they didn't want to let him go. Remember, Bill had to like try and sneak out from under Parcells, and they wouldn't let him go. But isn't that kind of more on Parcells and the Woody Johnson did not own the team? I, uh, I don't know. I think the Jets. I, again, somebody might be a better. I'm sure it's a better historian on this. But my question is: Does Bill have the wherewithal this week with Bailey Zappi? Max and, starting. Uh, I think Bill even announced. Okay, it. two, two. You know the vid. You seen the video? The Mac Jones video is going around because I remember seeing the Mac Jones slide where he got the. In baseball, it would be a bench clearing brawl if you came in with your cleats as high as Mac Jones came in on Jaquan Brisker, kicked him in the nuts or something, didn't he? Went yes, but there was another clip that came out of Mac sliding and like he like s- s- sprays his legs out to try and catch somebody. And remember last year there was the play where he like held on and twisted. Whose ankle was that? Oh, yeah. Is he like the Draymond of quarterbacks? He might be the Draymond of quarterbacks, yes. Weird. weird I do game. like the I like the Patriots this week, don't you? Uh, I do. I mean, it's it's Zach Wilson. Yeah. But it was Bill again. You know, Zach Wilson, does he have the capability to do what Justin Fields did last week? Like from a like physically, can he play that way? No. Right. He's mobile, but he's not Justin Fields as a runner. What was I going to do? You know that the Jets have beaten Jacoby Brissett, uh, Kenny Pickett. I don't even know the, I forget the guy's name, Miami's third stringer. Oh, uh, Skylar Thompson. Given this, they did beat Aaron Rodgers and then they beat uh, Jimmy Rippin, Brett right. Rippin. <laughs> Like they're not exactly beating, you know. Just we Dan Marino, Deshaun Watson, Roethlisberger, and Peyton Manning. Well, and, <laughs> but they're not exactly playing one of those guys this week either. No, it does feel that the way that they've played, um, this is just a bad matchup. These, do you know their next three games? The Jets, they're five and two. They could be five and five quick. Patriots, Bills, Patriots, Patriots, Bills. Wow. Feels and, like the Jets win one of the Patriots games. Isn't that usually how it goes? Well, do you think they're going to go into New England and beat them? This would be the game, probably. Yeah. If they beat the Patriots and they're six and two after they just lost their running back and their star offensive lineman, that's a pretty incredible start by our old uh, our guy Robert Sala. It would be. Uh, if your friends, if your enemy's enemy is your enemy. Then Commanders Colts is interesting because they both hate Carson Wentz. They play each other this week. Carson not playing. Uh, his replacement, Matt Ryan, not playing. So do with that what you will. Um, is he high if, to key? If Carson was playing, I'd be very interested. What, that he buys Jordans in the color of the team he just beat? <laughs> I mean, what does he have, like three? <laughs> I mean, the shoes he was wearing were cool because they beat the Packers and they look like Oregon Ducks Jordans. Yeah. I would say this, though. I don't know, a pair of green shoes, hard to mix and match. It's easier when you're an NFL quarterback. You look, you don't have to match. You can still probably look good. You're skinny, tall. That's a hard shoe to match. Wouldn't you agree? The green and white? Yeah. And also, um, there's something to be said about, you know, putting last week's game behind you, but you show up celebrating last week's win. 
Are you allowed to hold on a little longer when you're not the starting quarterback? I don't think Carson Wentz could do that. He gets a $125,000 bonus for every win. Heineke. Jesus. I kind of like Heineke to go on a little run. Uh, checking his game log real quick. That's one of those run. the teams like have no problem putting in the deal. And then once I guess you're cool with paying $125,000 for a win, you'd gladly do that. But it's one of those that like even when you're Heineke and you sign it, you realize like, well, I could easily not have a start. But then all of a sudden you're like, I could have like 10 starts. If I just win five of these, I could fucking bank another 800 grand. Yeah. It's bad math. Be like seven, but six. what happens when your team just needs like a tie in order to like, you know, get some weird tie break? Wasn't that Jimmy's thing? Like, doesn't Jimmy get like Jimmy an extra does. 300 grand? Jimmy makes good money. Uh, Giant Seahawks. We talked about that game. Sunday night football, Packers, Bills, Monday night football is uh, Eagles, Browns, and the 6-0 and Eagles are hosting the 2-5 and Pittsburgh Steelers. What night that's that? not all the games, but that's um, – it's not a night game. That's just a Sunday Sunday afternoon game. Or is it a Sunday morning game? Steelers, Eagles is, is, is after Sunday afternoon. So it's actually like a – oh, no, I take it back. That's a 10 a.m. Sorry, that's a 10 a.m. What do you think the line on that game is? Do you know that this is Rodgers? He's never been this big of an underdog in his life. What's their number? Oh, 11 and a half? Yeah. Uh, that's got to be the – wow, I did not know that. That's a great stat. He's only been as a starting quarterback, I think, like a bigger underdog than six points three times in his career. And one was last year. Remember when they short week on the road against an undefeated Cardinal team and all those injuries and his whole team was missing and he fucking won. Honestly, kind of like the Packers this week because every human, every human is going to pick the Bills, think they're Mm going to kill them. And you're Mm going to look up. Now they might lose and the Packers might just end up sucking and they end up being like a six win team. That could, but if you tell me that, if you tell me that it's, there are nine and eight or 10 and seven team, would it totally shock you if all of a sudden it's a tight game in the third quarter and the Packers are just having their kitchen sink? It game? would not totally shock me, but I mean, uh, it would not totally shock me. I mean, it's e- easier for the Bills to overlook that the Packers just aren't that good. If they were five and two, I would, you know, this line would probably be like four or five and it'd be like, yeah, I'd like the Bills. But I just wonder if Bill's coming off a bye. You're like, God, this Packer team sucks. You just, you just don't take an Aaron Rodgers team lightly, though. You know, you don't get that look past. I, I just kind of like the Packers. Got he's an all-time great. He's an all-time great quarterback who still got it. Put it that way. I got a three-team parlay for you. Okay. It is the uh, the Lions. It is Lions the- plus three and a half at home against Miami. Three-team money line parlay. I'm gonna go oh. Lions. Woo. I'm gonna go against the Dolphins. I'm going to go Patriots, and I'm going to take the Packers. Pays about 22 to 1. Wow. I feel pretty good about just Lions and Patriots. Mm-hmm. That's that's about three and a half to one. Mm-hmm. If you want to get really bold, you, you have the Packers. It's three and a half to one? Is that what you said? Just the two teams. Just, it's three just, and a half to one. Well, because the Patriots are favored, yep. so you're getting they're like minus 120. And then the Lions, you know, are three and a half point. At home, they actually played. I watched a lot of that Cowboy game. They were right in that thing to like the fourth quarter. It was not the final score looks bad, and if you flipped it on at the end, everyone's smiling and laughing. They're they're basically clowning them. It was a tight game, and I think they had six turnovers. Guy, the Lions, six turnovers. I thought it was eight. Was it might, six? Well, it might have been eight total. I think maybe Goff threw 
and f- maybe he threw three and fumbled. F- maybe he accounted for five. But wouldn't shock me if it was eight because a running back fumbled on the goal line. It had to be pretty high. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I just pulled up the box score. Eight feels like an NFL record. Uh, yeah, eight. I feel like I heard eight, but then I said it out loud. And there's turnovers, interceptions, two. Couldn't have been eight. Where the fuck is fumbles? Oh, five. So it wasn't. So it was two picks, five fumbles, three lost fumbles. Oh, you know what it was? I think the game had eight eight turnovers because it was six. No, that's not right either. The Lions had five fumbles. They just lost three of them, but geez. So they turned the ball over five times. They lost three no. fumbles and three yeah, two yeah, picks. Correct. Five turnovers. Yeah. Is that what you said? Five turnovers a lot in an NFL game. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. That's a problem. Wow. What was, what was the final score on that game? 24 to six. What was the score at halftime? Uh, it was 14. No, it was six to three. The Lions. I'm telling you, the Lions were right. At, I mean, yeah, the Cowboys scored with two minutes left to touchdown. The game was a lot closer than the, if you just look at the final score. The, the Cowboys scored two touchdowns in the last two minutes and 50 seconds. I like the Lions this week. Do you know the Dolphins do not score a lot of points? Uh, John, I'm, I watched the Dolphins the other day, as you did. I think I just, yeah. I mean, Tyreek is fantastic. And Waddle is too. And Mozart. If you just watch like three plays, you'd be like, God, this offense speed everywhere. They, they, they average like 18 points a game. I mean, they struggled to get over 20. Love the Lions this weekend. And I'm just betting on Belichick. I love that parlay. Just parlay those two teams. If you want to get bold at Rodgers. Just because that takes the odds to a different stratosphere. Because they're almost 5-1 to one underdog at Buffalo. So you could argue it's pretty stupid. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything to uh, rattle off here? Have a we great got, weekend. We got Thursday night football. College if those of you watching live, if you're after the fact, you might miss it. But we got Utah Washington State football game tonight. That's a good game. So um I don't know if it's any Friday college football games, but World Series. World Series starts Friday. Go Phillies. Go Phillies, man. No one will uh, see the Astros win another. No, World but Series. not a soul. Not, not a soul. I don't even know an Astros fan. Would be kind of cool for Dusty Baker. That's the it's, only that's game. the tough part for me. Is like I Dusty's cool. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, I've talked to Dusty many times over the years. When his son played at Cal, he'd always come out and I'd be with JT, so they'd talk snow. And uh, you know he came back for that. This is what he came back for. Once handed Russ Ortiz the ball as he walked off the mound, thinking it was the World Series was ra- wrapped up. And then the uh, Angels came back, and it was not wrapped. It's weird. Like, this isn't totally his team. Like, he came in last year in weird circumstances. But he's been there long enough. Like, this is kind of a squad. Like, he does have the heavy favorite in this series. You know? You got the best team in the big leagues against a team that didn't win 90 games. The Phillies home field advantage. Don't the Phillies feel to you like the Giants teams that won World Series? Feel pretty good. Just like not the best team of baseball, not even close, but just mojo. The environment's crazy. They do have star players. Doesn't it kind of feel kind of like that? 
Yeah, I mean, they. I get some Giants vibes from the from the Phillies team. They but have the, more pop. They have more pop than all the Giants. Yeah, I mean, teams, they. Dude. But they they're less random with some of their guys. But the Astros, I just watched. I I did not think the Yankees could beat them going into that series, and the Astros have so much. The Astros, I mean, are almost minus two hundred to win the world. I mean, they are heavy favorites in this yeah, thing. They, they look good. Their 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 bullpen's good. I've not watched as much of the Phillies, but I'm rooting for them. You kind of like the Phillies as an underdog story. Why not? I mean, I I, I like I said, I haven't watched a ton of the Phillies. I've watched a fair amount of the Astros, and they like they are so confident right now. They are just cutting it loose. But it looks like the Phillies are too. So six to one Phillies. Uh, to win seven, six in and a half seven. to one, win in six. You get some oh. pretty good odds on the Phillies to win. I think the Astros bullpen. I, I I could not tell you a lot about the Phillies other than their star players are awesome. But Kyle Schwarber, MVP, 14 to one. What if he hits like six home runs? You don't even need to say hit three. I mean, what did, uh, well, I guess Pablo hit three in one game, didn't he? Oh, Verlander. Yeah. And they swept them, didn't they? So like, so it was just, hard to like, yeah, yeah, you weren't gonna get four games out of somebody. Did Pablo win the MVP that one? Yeah. So I mean Schwarber hits three home runs. They, you know. Verlander not Verlander nine to one to win MVP if he wins two games and they win the series like five. would have to go a little longer, but yeah. He would come out of the bullpen at some point. That's likely. I would not be surprised by that if it's a long series. Where is what position does Aaron Nola play? Is he a pitcher? Yeah. And it's his brother that's the hitter on the Padres. You see that? Like his brother plays for the Padres? You see the his like dad was at the game where No, I didn't Padres. see it. His dad his was brother. No. Did you know his brother was in the big leagues? Yeah. I forget his first name, but I just knew that I knew there were two Nolas. I didn't I didn't I didn't know he had a brother. I just knew like this Phillies guy's good, right? Like a legit pitcher. Yeah. Hawkins was telling like both they're like LSU guys. Oh. Like, I mean, they are like I mean, they're not just like little engines that could that made it out of some little town. Like these guys are blue chippers. They're usually not. No. When you get brothers, it's usually not like they were both five eight grinders. <laughs> you know, like both of them. Yeah. You're like, where'd you find the Watt brothers? <laughs> uh, Wisconsin first rounders. Yeah. <laughs> the lines. Pass rushers in the big. Where's team? the other? But where's the tight end brother from? Would he go to Wisconsin also? Yeah. Austin Nola. There you go. All right. On that note, thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Holler at us. Tito's pictures. Tag us in them. And, um, yeah, you know where to find us all over. Share this with uh, people you love and people you hate. But don't hate too much. Waste your energy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.